Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are starting, kicking off the Summer of Swords. Mm. Shing! Very... <laughs> we need to, yeah, we need a little a little sound effect. Let's get into the sound effect game. Um, okay, but today the, the first book in the Summer of Swords is Sword of Shannara, which we have read up to chapter 13. Mm-hmm. But we got to get warmed up. I mean, it's the Summer of Swords. I've... Of course we do. It's not hot enough here. Um, I've got, I've got to warm up. It's like kind of political, but not so much. All right, Luke, I'm after rain you in a bit. Okay, here's the thing. I I went to a a, a conference mm-hmm. recently, like last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my graduate program is environmental engineering. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you can imagine how like how the political persuasion of that program but it's very close and i like within a department of chemical engineering uh-huh yeah and so like a lot of the uh there's a lot of overlap in like this conference for example mm-hmm. and like chemical engineering is a lot of like oil and gas stuff oh and like environmental engineering is of course like like the the opposite opposite. kind of (laughs) and like i i I realize that i'm like relatively radicalized on like this kind of topic Uh among others that's important but i go to i go to this conference and like my my stuff and a lot of my friends stuff is on like providing clean water with like alternative energy mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then like half the people at the conference are doing something related to oil and gas. There's like one of the head guys works for like ExxonMobil. And like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. What? Because like okay, like we're reading a book mm-hmm. where there's good and bad, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> okay. Very sure. obvious. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to this conference with like people that are like I don't I don't know how to like if you come up to me and you're like yeah I work for fucking Exxon Mobil <laughs> like dude you're a you're a skull bearer okay like <laughs> Luke this is I don't know about this simplistic understanding of uh, of things I don't know I I just this is dangerous this is dangerous talk Luke first off okay because just in this section. If we're bringing the book into it already, just in this section, we met some good gnomes. All right? Right. So so it's wrong to generalize, I think, first off. Uh, also, we have yet to hear the Skullbearer's perspective. Okay. <laughs> good point. So let's pause before, let's check our uh, assumptions before we start labeling good and evil. All right? I don't know if we want to be comparing them to the ExxonMobil CEOs yet. We don't know what they're into. This is a valid point. This is a valid point. This is extremely surprising to me because I'm also in a chemistry program where we interact with chemical engineers. I've heard of none of them doing anything with petroleum. Really? Like okay. zero. And so the fact that for like your experience is like most of them doing petroleum is extremely surprising to me. Um, and okay, I'll say there's two things about this too, though. Just because you work in the petroleum industry doesn't necessarily mean you're doing bad shit, right? Like, for example, uh, CO2 remediation is super important. And there is like, uh, it's much better to trap CO2 at the source where it's produced than try and suck it out of the air somewhere else. That sure. is a partnership with uh, fossil fuel, the fossil fuel industry of being like, hey, let me design this thing to go on the top of your smokestack or whatever to catch the co2 so like just because you're working in that industry doesn't mean you're like yeah i'm fine if the planet burns i'm getting that paper (laughs) okay i sure i and i do think that that's probably like a lot of people but like in in, that i'm interacting with yeah but i don't know i i still think that you bear a decent amount of complicity (laughs) 
Wow. Okay, but anyway, um, that is. I will say, Luke, that's a pretty. That's a pretty. Depending on your your specific area, you draw the line. That that's somewhat of a radical stance. Sure. Yes, but I. My point is just like. I feel okay. So a lot of the I feel like chemical engineers is also on like solar photovoltaic kind of stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I just like I have a hard time like being just together with like people that are trying to like develop solar uh, stuff to like save the world. Mm. Obviously, that's super simplistic. Yeah, a little bit. And then like just in the same. Just like interacting with people that are like going into the oil industry. It's just, it like blows my mind. Yeah, that's fair. Because you do at a certain point pick your project. And I can't imagine for a second picking a project that's like fracking fluids, like right. developing new fracking fluids or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I will say this. Uh a lot of petroleum products are used for things other than just like burning to create CO2, right? So, sure. Granted, <laughs> there's also a lot of issues with the plastics industry, but that is like <laughs> a big source of uh like another place that a lot of petroleum products are used. So, uh <laughs> maybe it's not all terrible. Uh and you shouldn't they're not instantly bad, but depending on the project they chose, you can I think you can have a little bit of like, come on, dude. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I, fair. I think that's fair. I Luke. think that if if you're coming in and you're like, I worked for Exxon Mobile, you can't just say that you like you have to be like, however, <laughs> blah 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 blah. I feel like you're pres- I in this case, again, I'm radicalized on this kind of thing. Yeah. You're presumed the worst <laughs> until you prove otherwise <laughs> if you tell me that you work for ExxonMobil. You know what? I don't disagree with that, actually. I think it does take... <laughs> you do have to acknowledge... You're, you you got to read the room a little bit and be like, I know, yeah. guys, I know. Let me explain. <laughs> it's wild. Um, but okay, let's, let's, let's talk about the book. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, up to chapter... Sword of Shannara. Up to chapter 13. And I, th- yeah. I think, Luke, it would be it could be helpful because a lot has happened. I think it could be helpful to give a little summary of what's okay. what's gone on so far in the book. Okay, so two so far in the book, in the book, these two like small backcountry little folk have encountered an ancient mystical man who informs mm-hmm. them that one of them holds the key to stopping another ancient, super powerful, like incorporeal evil sorcerer. And Mm -hmm. this like tall, mysterious, potentially magical man sends them on a quest where they have to leave their quiet, comfortable homes and travel through like a a dangerous forest that they have to travel like kind of alone and in secret. Um, Along the way, they're like attacked by these like black cloaked creatures. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous, and eventually they arrive at, like, this fantastical enclave in the middle of the woods uh, where they form this, like, fellowship with representative members of, like, the various races throughout the realm, and they, like, agree to go on this unlikely quest to save the world. Um, So far, they've been, like, let's see, attacked by, like, a giant octopus that comes out of a swamp. Um, mm-hmm. and one of the like essential, like little folk was poisoned by a deadly creature and it looks like they might die. Like they, they're like very, very close to, to dying and like completely canceling all hope for this quest. Um, did I miss, did I miss any big details here? Luke, did I miss it or little details? Did I miss anything? Um, I mean, so one, on one part they're, they're like helped through the land by some i think like magical being that we don't quite know a ton about mm-hmm. kind of like gives them passage mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. this this is when they when they when they um go along the river right I, the only thing your word that you chose for the group of people I think you said fellowship. I don't know. That doesn't quite feel right. I I can't think of a better name, but I feel like there's 
Yeah, there's there's probably a better name. That was just the one that most easily came to mind uh, with this. So, um, yeah, oh, and there's, yeah, and there's of course they're they're they're, they're using this. I, I forget if you mentioned it, but they're you know the main thing is their the quest is to use this extremely powerful magical item mm-hmm. that was crafted like millennia ago. Right, and they have to they have to in order to you know do this quest they have to go deep in the heart of enemy territory like they have to right. go basically at the seat of enemy power in order to accomplish the quest i also forgot they encountered like a ranger essentially they had a ranger that helped them along this journey mm-hmm. before they got to the magical enclave um who was also like royalty uh what else I think that's I think that's the main gist of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we've come up with so far. Um, I <laughs> so I I got this book uh, actually from the library, mm. uh, which was very convenient. The first book that I found that's been available at the library when we Love needed that. it, uh, and it's actually the annotated version. And you know, the author gave some credit to previous books like that had influenced him but i i couldn't really see any influences it seemed like he had come up with you know everything pretty pretty uniquely yeah yeah this seems like a very uh i've never heard anything like this frankly not even close so i'm excited to see what happens who knows you know that's right yeah i wonder no if they're gonna go like in a tunnel you know maybe a, maybe they'll get into a mine at some point Ooh. i mean we call it a mine but it's probably way nicer than that. <laughs> anyway, um, let's. Can we can we talk? Can we get into this a little bit now that we've summarized yeah. the book? Yeah. Okay. This is going to be the littlest detail, but I think it's important for us to bring up. So, Flick meets our kind of scary, uh, tall. I'm going to call him a wizard because he seems kind of like a wizard. They prefer the term druid. All right, druid, whatever. I'm going to call him a druid. He meets this guy. I think his name is like Alanom or something, Alanon. Uh-huh. And he's like, hey, you're a little scary. Please put me down. Also, there's an inn like that way that you can stay at. Uh, and my dad runs it if you want to go talk to him. And the guy's like, cool, thanks. And he eventually like pieces out and flicks like, wow, that was a lot for a tuesday uh well glad that's over flick shows up at the inn and it's very short like it's very brief this description but within it he seems kind of amazed that this guy found the inn without directions like it seems like that's kind of miraculous okay so they walk together for one thing oh right they walk together but flick is like following the guy isn't he yeah, Flick is like, wow, it's really weird that he like knows where I'm going. Right, yeah. right, right. So yeah, Flick is surprised that he knows where the inn is. And he's like, all these roads are the same. I don't know how this guy is navigating this place. There's like two options here. And I think they're both insane. The first, the first is that this inn, which is the only inn in town, mm-hmm. has no signs along the main road for travelers to find it. Which in that case, yeah, I would be astounded that this man found it. I would be astounded that anybody found this inn or that it was even still in operation. Mm-hmm. How do you not right. have signs that are like lodging for travelers this way? That's insane. You have to have signs. That's the first option. Section, second option is, of course they have signs. It's an inn. <laughs> and Flick is just an idiot who doesn't know how to read. Flick's like, I've always seen okay. these signs here and they have these like arrows on them, but I don't know what they say. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, <laughs> so this is the thing about like a lot of fantasy with a where they come into a town and need to find an inn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they always have to like ask someone and they're like, they have to like tip the the like little boy that to give them directions <laughs> yeah. like an outrageous amount, and it's like, come on in, like, 
Put some signs out. You should have this billboards three stuff. miles out from the town that are like, right. stay at uh, Grumpy's Famous Tavern. Right. Exit 58, two rights and a left. Just past the the giant blacksmith with a son who has some mysterious powers. <laughs> You, you'll know it by the loud ringing sound that is constantly coming from the anvil. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. The The other alternative is just that, like, other places aren't like inns and it's kind of dark, right? They get there kind of when it's dark, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, inns are typically much louder and brighter, I feel, than other buildings totally. in a small town. Totally. Yeah. I feel like I could figure it out. <laughs> this, okay, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it's like, it's not amazing that this guy found the one place in, or like one of the places in town that is meant to be found for strangers. Like an inn, an inn is the one that you would want strangers to go to without needing directions. Like that's right. <laughs> that's the place. I would be surprised if he took me back to my house. I if I'm Flick and he like walks me home first and then goes to the inn, I'm like there's something wrong with this man. <laughs> Why does he know where I live? That's the thing I'm concerned about. But if he just goes to the inn, it's like, yeah, he found the McDonald's. There's a big sign out front. Yeah. I don't know, Flick. Right. There's something Flick's got some I don't know if Flick's all there. Flick also okay so this my my other note about this interaction Mm -hmm. is he meets him like pretty far away from the village yeah and they're walking back and they like don't talk at all we should point out actually quite a few times in this book they walk for a very long distance and don't talk at all yeah (laughs) I'm asking questions left and right. Like, I realize a little bit later that it talks about how they, in a different scene, they ask him a bunch of questions and he, like, refuses to answer any of them. Yeah. But that wasn't this one. This one flicks just like, hey, stranger that, like, looks crazy and is twice as tall as me and really impressive. I have no questions (laughs) for you. Here's where I live. No notes. Thanks. I mean, at least yeah. you ask, like, where are you from? What are you up to? Make some small talk, yeah, for I, sure. That's what I want to hear is the small talk. Because how awkward are all of these interactions where they're with a bunch of people who they don't know very well? This is not the silence, like, the comfortable silence of people who know each other well and just, no. like, want to walk and chill out. This is the silence of people who are like, ah, what do I say? What do I ask this person about? What are they into? Do they like jazz? Maybe they like jazz. Should I ask them if they like jazz? Do I offer to scat yeah. a little bit? Am I good at scatting? <laughs> this is these are the most uncomfortable silences of all time that are happening. Yeah. They're so long. They're so long with strangers. And the countryside isn't changing that much. So there's not a lot of interesting stuff to look at, right? Like right. you're not in a car or in a train where you can look out the window and see cool stuff passing by. You're looking at like up tree uh fog there's a grass like i feel like there's got to be some games some hiking games that we we need to play maybe okay i will counter that luke though by saying that every single time i've played a road trip game they have they're always terrible things like i spy Uh or like did you ever play the game where you try to get license plates that went through like the alphabet or whatever? <laughs> that was the worst game. I don't know why we played it as children, but boring as hell. All of these games are boring as hell. Maybe there isn't right. a good. You know what I mean? Maybe there isn't a good. I mean, one. okay. Yeah, I think I think games maybe not. I think that there's a way to be productive mm-hmm. on these marshes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially with like with with Shay and I'm I'm pronouncing it Shay. Shay sounds good. Yeah. Um, who are like very crucial to this quest <laughs> and don't know anything. Not true, Luke. They know there's a sword. <laughs> okay, they know there's a sword, but like there's all these times where they like take a break uh-huh. and information share. 
It's like, dude, yeah, why? You've been hiking for like six days. Right. At least, e- even even not even talking about Alanon telling them stuff, they're walking with a dwarf mm. that lives in a different place that they've never been. Hey, tell me about it. Yeah, this is so true. These are two sheltered little guys who have lived there's, like their whole lives in this little valley. And they're meeting elves and dwarves <laughs> and all kinds of things. And they're just like, oh, that's just dwarf. You know, we all know dwarf. Right. They, they're they from a tiny village. One of the people in the uh, group is from like the biggest city. He's like, he's a the son of the king. Mm-hmm. The other guy that they were friends with is is like a prince mm-hmm. of a smaller village, but they're already friends. Yeah. The biggest one that drives me nuts. Shay is a half elf who has never in his conscious life, like had someone that shares his heritage. Correct. And they go on a quest with two freaking like cousins of the king of the elves. Yeah. And it's like, we're not going to chat. <laughs> Right, he's not even a little curious of like, what are elves even like? Tell me about your life. Tell, tell me some stories. Can you guys? Do you guys sing like in- live in tree houses and stuff? What's going on? What's your bread situation like? You guys have any magical bread going on? I feel like you would want to know so much. Yeah. And you're right. No questions at all. No notes. Just well, we've got this walk to do. Let's do it. I get, okay, we should say too, they are being like sought after. And so for a part of this, they're even told to just like not talk. They're like, yeah, talking could give us away. So just be quiet. For that That, part. That's insane though. It is a little wild if they can, (laughs) the fact that you have to be so quiet, you can't even like, like talk at a normal volume because I don't know, maybe a gnome that's like laying across the road might hear you. Is insane. He otherwise would not. Right, right. It's a little wild. But you know, sound, maybe sometimes it can bounce off the rocks in a in a way where you, it travels really far or something. Mm-hmm. So like, fine. For part of this, I can at least somewhat sympathize that like they're trying to be sneaky. But for a lot of this, y'all, you're just walking through the woods. I don't know. And maybe maybe they are asking these questions and the author's like, yeah, they wouldn't care to hear about this. They want to hear about the sword, which it is the, <laughs> which summer, of it is the summer of Swords. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so it makes sense. But uh, I'm totally with you on this. The silence is deafening here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you Do you have any more notes from the initial village area before we move on? Yes, I do, actually. Okay. And it has a lot of this has to do with our wizard, this like Alinar. Dru- yeah, sorry, Druid. Uh, first thing, first thing I want to say about this uh, is kind of just an offer for someone to write a story because I think it would be great. Uh, okay. This Druid shows up, tells, tell like no one knows this Druid, by the way. They've heard legend of somebody that might be this guy. They don't know him. He shows up and is like, hey. Shay, you are the most important dude in the world. And if you buy my 12-part book series, uh, <laughs> you can learn all about it. I want I want a book where the somebody does this to a like backcountry person as a scam. I want a book where somebody shows up and is like, hey, you're gonna save the world. Follow me on this quest. And they use it as a way of, like, getting them out of town so they can rob their house while they're gone or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yes. I want this to be, yeah. like, a Nigerian prince scam or something. Okay. And I... Like, this is, this, this is like, book two that we didn't do of, of the Gentleman Bastards series. That? I want potentially that. I think there's also extremely significant potential for this to show up in... Zachary Pike's series that is kind of like oh. parodying this kind of book where mm-hmm. I really want a character to show up and be like, yeah, I'm just a scam artist who goes to backcountry villages and like tells young boys that they're going to save the world and then steals from their house while they're gone 
on this quest that I give them. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I do. Um, I think my notes would be that there. I I don't know how much economic value there is in these guys' houses. Yeah, probably not a ton. But but you, this is but why you scattered out. You're doing it for the love of the game. If you're a scam artist, <laughs> part of it I think is the love of the game. But also, you're not doing this to every kid you encounter, right? Maybe you find out that one of them has an ancient, not an ancient, maybe a family heirloom that's somewhat valuable, mm-hmm. and maybe they don't know it's magic, but you do. And so instead of right. telling them like, "Oh yeah, your relic is valuable, and you are gonna be here of legend because of the relic," you like make up something to get them out of town so you can steal the relic for yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, and I will say there are hints here that our druid isn't telling everybody everything. And so maybe that is still the case where we're going to come to the end. He's going to be like, nice. That scam worked perfectly. Call me Danny Ocean. (laughs) I mean, he does say that like the way this magic works is you have to like believe it. Right. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, I don't know. There's something to it. I mean, there there might be. There might be. Uh, okay. My other note here. Mm-hmm. So, it sounds like the key for why Shay needs to be involved is because he is the descendant of this king, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're this druid and you show up to find this last descendant to wield this sword and destroy evil. And this kid is just the worst. This kid is just like petulant, very annoying, mm-hmm. complains all the time. And maybe they're like lazy, like they're not willing to do a lot. I feel like your strategy changes in a significant way. Do okay, I for sure changes. Here's how I think it changes. Hey, are there any cute ladies in town you're into? Any chance you've had a romantic encounter? Probably not based on your personality, but any chance you've had a romantic encounter with anybody? Right. I'm looking for the next in line because this kid okay, sucks. Okay, this... I have a big note on this, actually. Yeah, go for it. So, he's the last one. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Of this bloodline. And it seems like it doesn't have to be like that strong of a connection to the bloodline. Right. It's not like you have to have been intermarrying for a th- like the whole time. Right. He's not a half. He's a half elf, but he like one of his ancestors was the king. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, you're the last one. If you die, we have like literally no shot. And we're going to take you on this trip. <laughs> yeah. I see where you're going now. I feel like if I'm being pragmatic, <laughs> yeah, and maybe if I'm Shay, I'm gonna suggest an alternative plan, or at least like let's spend the next week doing a little something else, <laughs> and like, then we'll go on the trip. I'm gonna take this cup back into the woods and <laughs> do my magic, and then you know, just in case. It's genuinely like I know this is a joke, but like you actually should have Shay <laughs> hooking up with as many elves as he can before we're getting in danger. Yeah, I mean probably yeah. But but then again, like how do you that's you don't just go about doing that. You don't just be like, all right, Shay, come on, we gotta like these are not horses, right? We can't just put them right. in a paddock together and like let them go at it. There's like it's too. I feel like it. The process might be too long here, where it's like, okay, we gotta let's take you on a few dates. You gotta, you gotta wingman for Shay for a little while, yeah. Which we should say the only one here who could I think successfully wingman for Shay is like Menion. I feel like Menion would be a great yeah. wingman. And everyone else, so far, has been complete trash and would not be good at it. And so I guess maybe part of this quest is we got to get a wingman for Shay. (laughs) I mean, give me half the book of, like, somebody. It turns into a rom-com. It needs to turn into a rom-com. Yeah. He's going to go find a gnome bride. This is why they're here. Get you a gnome bride. 
<laughs> we gotta unite the races. Mm-hmm. This is how it's done. I actually the fact that this started as a joke, but the more we talk about it, means it's more serious. I totally agree. Their strategy is so wrong here. Yeah, they should not be taking him on the quest. Absolutely no, not. No, <laughs> absolutely not. At all. not. <laughs> if you get the sword, bring it back. <laughs> Now, I will say, and this could be potentially a Dan prediction. Oh, you know what? I'm going to say it's a Dan prediction. We've okay. learned that the magic system relies on belief is like the main thing about it. Mm-hmm. Shay has like unknown ancestry. Maybe this druid has just been telling everyone he's the last in line. And because everybody believes it, it's like true enough that it will work. Right. So maybe it's not, maybe there isn't anybody, but he was just like, I need to find an orphan who is like kind of mysterious. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's yeah. Poe here for that, where the wizard, the druid is just like, all right, it doesn't really matter if this kid eats it because there's a thousand of these all over the country, but let's try it with this one. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like even then you only have really one shot. You can't just be like... <laughs> Oh, okay. Actually, I found this other one. You've got to get a whole new party because then everybody in the party knows that it's not real. Maybe right. has right. this druid been going around just murdering adventuring parties when the the quest fails? <laughs> like, how many times has their like savior little folk been poisoned by that weird creature and died? And the wizard is like, ah, damn it, got to start over. Sorry, guys, and just like shoots. Really everybody. need to mark this trail better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, anyway, so I think there's Poe there. I, th- I still think there's Poe there. Uh, it becomes a much darker story if our druid is, like, murdering adventuring parties every time the truth gets found out. But I think there's Poe. But r- r- if if that's not true, yeah, you don't take your, your stud. No out and race them after they've already won the kentucky derby like they're not they're not a racing horse at that point right the a a part of the group goes to get the sword and the other half of the group stays back and wingman's for shay i think that that's the correct move Mm -hmm. totally if i'm if i'm designing the strategy totally agree 100 (laughs) percent. so okay so you mentioned minion Mm-hmm. So I think it's because we're getting Flick's perspective, but Minion, we like the introduction to him seems fairly negative. Yeah, and there's a couple times where he's like maybe a little hot-headed or something. Mm-hmm. If I'm gonna give like some negative connotation to him, totally. But otherwise, he's the best. I'm with you one thousand percent about this. Flick is so wrong about Minion that when we met him and he was like. The 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 thing that immediately got me on Minion's side, like instantly upon meeting him, was he was like two important questions. Number one, what the fuck do these stones do? Yeah, this guy gave you glowing rocks. What do they do, guys? Please tell me, cause I don't know. And the guys were like, Yeah, we also don't know. And Minion's like, Cool, okay, well, love that. And then the second thing is he's like, Why are you guys trusting this weird guy? that like kind of assaulted flick in the bushes one day like what why are you trusting this guy i love Menion. from that moment on i was like Menion gets it Menion's like yeah okay. i know what's going on there's a moment before this that in, in a different way got me on Menion's side okay yeah yeah when they tell the story about shay being the like chosen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's say Menion is immediately Hyped as hell for him. Yeah. Yeah. No jealousy. Just like, hell yeah, Shay. <laughs> yes. Minion's awesome. Minion fucking rules. He's the greatest archer in the world. He is like <laughs> so hype. Yeah, he's a little hot headed. It's because he's loyal to his friends and he's clever. This guy's funny. Right. This guy's got jokes and Flick just can't handle it. Flick, I'm tired of your negativity. It's it's here. bringing us all down, man. This is why no one's chatting, because Flick is just ruining a lot of convos. Flick is just glaring at Minion the whole time, and everyone feels the anger coming off of him. And they're like, I don't want to push him over the edge. Right, right. 
I don't know what Menion said to get on Flick's bad side, so I'm just not going to say anything, because I don't want that. It sounds like they went on a bad backpacking trip, which we've all had one of those. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, okay, but you said... you Okay, one one note yeah. really quick. Yeah, I got you. You said, talked about how he's the best archer in the world. Uh-huh. Or, okay, so in this last section when they have to create the diversion Mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, we need someone that's the greatest freaking archer in the world to make this shot. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, you got to be amazing to do it. Like getting him hyped up. Yeah. And then he like changes the plan because he doesn't want to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. And he does like two quick, like rapid fire shots. One of which is like perfectly aimed to hit the dude's hand. And then another hits him in the butt like okay so it was a lot easier than you made it seem <laughs> right right like for the greatest archer in the world asking him to kill somebody is not hard at all and there was no pressure at all because he's able to hit two rapid fire shots way more specific than just kill shots right right so yeah this was not a challenge for many on no this yeah you could have thrown a rock Get out of here with this. I could have made this shot. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I see. I was taking this as Minion was way more, way more talented than we all thought. You're saying the dude was like five feet away. And yeah, and this is not a hard shot to hit at all. I mean, okay. I'm going to acknowledge that it's probably like a somewhat difficult shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like leading up to it, everyone's like, "Okay, Minion, this is gonna be tough, my guy. If you f- if you friggin' make this, uh, you've got the title, yeah, for sure, yeah, 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 world champ." And he's out here doing like trick shots <laughs> with it, right? He's taking it as a slam dunk competition when we're just in the playoffs. Like this is just like we've got five seconds left before the buzzer, and you're pulling the coolest dunk of all time, <laughs> right? So either either Minion is like way better but no one is like holy fucking shit minion that was incredible i will say they're everyone's li- like oh sweet i will say they're a little busy but luke there is a- another option okay so they ask him to to kill this gnome and minion's like i'm not gonna do that plan b the- we don't get a lot of sizing for the things that he hits we know that he hits a bull and he hits a butt mm-hmm Okay. This bull, maybe this bull is huge. And maybe this is the fattest ass you've ever seen. <laughs> That's how you become king or chieftain, right? Chief. Chieftain. You, you've got the fattest ass and you're able to lift a really big bull in the air. And so when he does this, everyone's like, okay, I mean, it worked, but hitting him in the head was what we asked you to do. Right. So. Okay, so maybe the difficulty was that the bull was so big that it would have been hard to get it past the bull and hit the guy. Yeah, it was like the guy's holding up a five-foot diameter bull in front of his head. This is like the size of a gong that this bull this guy is holding. And like to be able to thread that needle and kill him is going to be is gonna be tough. His, also, his fat ass is so distracting that like we can't stop <laughs> looking at it. So this is going to be a tough shot to make. We need somebody who's got nerves of steel. Mm-hmm. And Menion's like, I think I can do it. I got to be quick. Yeah. I think that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. So not that's why they don't all freak out at how dope his shot is. Because they're like, okay, I mean, yeah, we all could have done that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Point rescinded. <laughs> Oh, I do have one other question, uh, actually, that takes us back a little bit. Okay. They leave town. I Shay and Flick leave town, partly because they're worried that if they stay, they're going to endanger everybody. I don't understand how leaving helps the situation, because they don't know what either of these two look like. So if I'm the evil sorcerer, mm-hmm. 
I'm killing everybody in the town. Like, my minions are so powerful, they're not going to be stopped by some little guys in the Vale. Like, they're just going to kill the whole town and be like, yep, we probably got him. I see what you mean. Yeah. So I don't think leaving is actually doing anything, guys. Like, sure, you're not witnessing the massacre at your back, but, like, you're not really, I don't know if you're really protecting everybody by leaving. They don't know who you are. Right. Well, it's a little bit unclear to me if the guy even knows, if the if the bad guy even knows that there's another. Mm. It seems this, this like was a little it. strange to me because, like, I feel like there's a moment where they're like, "Ah, eh, we're gonna be sneaky" because he doesn't even know we're coming. Yeah, because he doesn't really know that there's another boy. Right, right. That could be. But he's looking for him. So I, I, I will say. It seems to be very easy to spot the person that has some elf in them mm-hmm. in this area. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Okay, that's fair enough. And to your point, that actually could support my theory that uh, Alanon is just getting the word out about this guy being related to the king. And so he has to tell the evil sorcerer, like, oh, yeah, we found an orphan that is related <laughs> Because the knowledge has to get out there, you know, for the magic to work. Everyone has to believe it, even the baddies. Yeah, everybody has to believe that this guy is in the in the lineage. And so our our druid is like, hey, uh, buddy, just so you know, there's another there's another one out there you got to find. And he lives in the veil. I've said too much. I got to (laughs) go. Do you think that okay 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 so so the bad guy who I I think is called like the warlock king or something something um, like that yeah is like really only vulnerable to the sword mm-hmm. and we know that the sword only works if it's like from the descendant of Shannara uh-huh. and they have to like believe it yeah right a lot of it is based on belief I feel like if you're a master in the in the like magic system mm-hmm. here that that depends on belief, mm-hmm. you find a way to put the burden of proof on the cl- the people that are claiming it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I don't think that's going to work unless you provide me a <laughs> lineage. The greatest counterspell is disbelief, is what you're saying? Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. you're but, okay. No, I prove it in court my guy somebody's trying to cast a fireball at you and you're like i don't think it's that hot in your hands i don't really believe that you're doing that it's a it's a propaganda campaign this really is... <laughs> when it comes down to it this is the druid who went by who went by occam and he was just like yeah there's a much simpler explanation for this than your magic i don't think it's magic <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually brilliant. This is this is the big danger. This is why they need to get the word out that there is this descendant. Because otherwise, yeah, the Warlock King is just going to be like, no, he's not. Yeah, if I'm the Warlock King and I get, a, get word of it, I'm going to be like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I figured out this was this other kid and already killed him. Fake news. Fucking gotcha. Fake if news. If you want it to be this boy, provide me a signed document. Show me the birth certificate. He doesn't even he doesn't even look like Shinara. Okay? And I know what he looks like. I was Bullshit. there. I was there. Yeah. Were any of you there? I didn't think so. <laughs> it's easy. It's it's so easy. Boom boom. Done. <laughs> Um, okay, but, but speaking of this, so there's, can, can we talk a little bit about the perspective of Alanon? Mm-hmm. Our druid. When our, he tells like, this, yeah. our, our, our good boy druid. Mm-hmm. When he tells this, um, history about, like, the science that became, like, magic, mm-hmm. right? So, so it used to be, uh the earth or the world was super technologically advanced because we were all super good at science. Mm -hmm. And then Bremen, I think was his original name. The bad guy's original name Mm -hmm. is like 
check it out, I can also do fucking magic. It's rad as hell. And he gets thrown out and then, like, comes back. And then that's presented as terrible. Like, hey, you shouldn't have gone and done the magic stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the good one, Brona, comes back and is like, okay, guys, the way we have to defeat him, you guessed it, magic. (laughs) Let's go. Who and wants now we're to like, fly? okay, that's that's freaking cool as hell. Let's go with this guy. Uh-huh. These are the same things. Yeah, but one of them is bad, right? <laughs> Luke, this is something you Alan missed. Alan is like, Alan is like, the way that this went bad is because we abandoned science and went to magic. Well, okay, I want to inject a little nuance here. Alan was like, hey, things went bad in the first world because they got too much power and just completely destroyed everything. And he's like. Now, okay, with sure. magic, we are in the same situation as before when we were trying to avoid this. That's what the druids were trying to avoid, was this situation where we just have way too much power and it's unchecked. And they're just going to destroy the well, world Well, okay. Yes. The the original destruction of the world was with nuclear bombs, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're trying to bring back the science, the bad guy was like, hey, check out this magic stuff. It seems cool. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, get out of here. <laughs> blasphemy (laughs) and that's treated as terrible yeah but then when the good guy comes back and is like actually maybe we should do some of this magic stuff (laughs) they were like brilliant how have we not thought of this before right i feel like when when bremen went like the only difference between these two is how they were treated Mm. okay i'm Mm. gonna do some some uh warlock king apology Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. apologizing here good um (laughs) Which is what you want. It's what we love, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. The point the point the point is here. Let me play devil's advocate. We're real doing quick. Okay. Uh maybe the first magic that they figured out it was like human sacrifice or something. Right? Like, sure, maybe you can shoot lightning bolts out of your fists, but in order to do it, you have to like cut off a baby's arm. Every time you shoot a lightning bolt, you know what I mean? Like maybe okay. there's a huge cost, right? And they're like, uh, yeah, lightning is cool and all, but like we can do that without cutting off baby's arms. And it's like not as good, but still okay. Can you not? <laughs> and he's okay. like, yeah, but it's magic, guys. <laughs> and they're like, we can't hang okay. with you anymore. Okay, okay, okay. But the presumption here is that the later guy that's good uses magic in a way that's not this <laughs> it, bad way, right? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming I would because hope. they're like, this guy's cool as hell. Yeah. Um let's let's back up to the to the original druid squad and they're like doing all this math and science and they're not quite getting there because they don't have the full picture. Right. And one of them is like, hey, I found this cool thing that can solve all of our problems if we cut off but we just have to like cut off a child's arm or something first. I feel like you're like, okay, don't do that, but let's iterate. <laughs> right. Let's not do that terrible thing, but see if we could do something less bad and get something that's cool as well. Right. Sure. You don't be like, hey man, that's crazy as hell. Get out of here. Go practice that shit on your own. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Especially when he turns around and is like, yeah, look at all the fossil fuels you're burning to do your science shit. It's the same thing, man. And they're like, fuck you. Get out of here. Right. My take is that mm. he was just treated poorly and is now <laughs> and is now just doing his blood magic. You're saying he's been radicalized by being outcast. Yes. I think there is potential for that. I also want to say we shouldn't be uh, doing revisionist history here. The other guy who does magic was also not in the druids thing. The other guy who does magic did his on his own as well. And then he just offered the solution to the elves after the first magic guy got too bad. Like, I don't think he was a part of the druids group either. Okay. He was definitely more accepted. But I he yeah. was. I remember very clearly he was like, also out on his own doing magic it's just he's sure. not called the warlock king and like the black skull or whatever he is like seen as very helpful 
Right. I think my point is that we should have taken this route initially of like being like, okay, the magic thing seems useful. Let's try to make it more ethical. Let's get some sustainability. Instead instead of just kicking out the seemingly evil genius to go do could to go freelance. The here's the other thing about this, just pragmatically. It seems like none of their science has really worked. Right. This yeah. guy is something that works. And he's like, hey, why don't we try this new route of accomplishing things? Like I have this new tool we could use. And they're like, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, is that science? I don't think so. <laughs> Bye-bye. No, this dude can like levitate sheep and stuff. Like that could be super helpful. Right. You guys have been working on this for like a thousand years and haven't gotten anything. Right. You guys are trying to understand what the words quantum mechanics means for literally a thousand years. And this guy shows up and is able to like, I don't know, turn air into water. And you're like, no, that's not quantum mechanics. Bye. It's gatekeeping. It's just gatekeeping. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. These are druids. I think I blame the druids, frankly. Yeah, for sure. These pompous ivory tower druids think that they can solve all the problems. They just have to learn enough. Mm-hmm. Get out. Experience the real world, guys. Mm-hmm. You're out of touch. Yeah. We need civilian control, for sure. All right. So let's talk about our journey a little bit. I want to level mm-hmm. a bit of a criticism at our group. And this potentially mm-hmm. ties into the fact that they're not talking this whole time. So we get to this like dry pine forest that clearly hasn't been maintained because it's just like a a complete fire hazard. Yeah. Gets lit on fire. Uh, They're like running to escape it. And they're like, we just got to get past this point. And then we're kind of home free. It it really like the canyon narrows down. And that's going to be like a dangerous spot because there could be a trap there. But once we get past that, we're kind of in the clear. They get past that. And they get out onto this precipice and they're like, oh, yeah, I also forgot to mention there is a rope bridge that crosses this chasm. And uh, uh, there, that's the only way across the chasm. And now the rope bridge is gone because they just cut it like super easily. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, guys. I probably should have mentioned that before we were making our choice about where we would go. Because, yeah, we're for sure stuck here now and they're just going to come get us. They're just going to get us, I think. right this this is an ambush that i just fully don't understand because their plan from the beginning before the the forest was set on fire so like we're gonna go to this little small pass and then the gnomes are like jokes on you we're gonna burn the forest so that you have to go through that little small pass I don't, like, why did you burn the forest? Uh, well, Do you know what I mean? Ooh, right, right like it wasn't necessary. Like, as they you were, were going, <laughs> that was their plan. Right, like, <laughs> like, it's worse. It's honestly, it's worse. All they had to do is cut the bridge and then just wait for them to go through the pass and be like, all right, nice. Now they're trapped there. We don't have to wait for a forest fire to go out before we rush them and murder them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There. I. There's two options here. I. I. Okay. Because I understand what you're saying. It's like, what was the point of the fire? Like, you didn't need to force them to go the way they were already going to go. Maybe there's like three gnomes who saw this group, and they're like, okay, Harold, you're going to go cut the rope for the bridge. Uh, Jiminy and I are going to light this fire, and that will like keep them there for a while as the fire burns. And then we'll send a, I don't know, we'll send a crow to go get some other gnomes to help us out, right? Like, there's not enough of them to take on the party. They need some backup. So they have to set up, a like, a way for them to not leave, right? They have to trap them for a little while. Okay. Maybe that's what happens. I, but even then, it's like, okay, if they get... So, okay. The gnomes are, like, coming up on them after the fire is burned. And so that's why they can't just, like, hang out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you didn't do the fire and just cut the bridge, they would still have just like hung out there for a night and been like, okay, let's regroup, figure out the plan. Right. Or like, I don't know, you just push a big rock into the chasm 
where only one person can go through at a time. And then they're not even suspicious. They're like, oh, yeah, rocks fall all the time. This just kind of happens. Let's figure out a plan. Yeah, the fire might have been a little much. Um, We don't know anything about the gnomes, so maybe they're not the, like, most adept strategists. Right. Maybe maybe this is why those those gnomes in the white um in the the, the like healing gnomes left because they're like all the other freaking gnomes are so dumb and they just want to burn things all the time it's just fire every day what if this was all an accident what if this wasn't an ambush obviously you could read into it as an ambush but like as we kind of unravel it it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense Maybe it was, like, literally an accident. Like, a bunch of kids playing in the woods <laughs> with, like, pocket knives and lighters, like, smoking cigarettes after high school. And right. they just had the worst day of all time, and our party got caught up in the middle of it, you know? maybe <laughs> Right. Maybe, maybe this actual, this bridge had been cut a while ago. Right, yeah. And it was, like, really inconvenient. And they're like, damn, now we can't cross it. Mm-hmm. Minion comes along, fixes the bridge, and they're delighted. They're like, hell yeah, the bridge is back. Right. Yeah, maybe they've just done a great service to the gnomes, and all the gnomes would be hype about it if they just were like, hey, we fixed your bridge. Right. The gnomes were hyped about it. If they had just gone up to them at this big festival, you been like, hey, you got to get past. And they're like, hey, you fixed the bridge. Thanks. Go ahead. Instead... <laughs> We're, we're shooting people in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. Not probably not the greatest uh, PR here, folks. Mixed messages for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of a lot of little uh, a lot of small things could just short adventure after another, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um. I have a, I do have a theory as to actually why they're not talking a lot about these or they're not talking a lot on their hike. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And my theory is that they're walking extremely fast. <laughs> because we're covering a lot of ground pretty quick. I agree with you. The pace that we're traveling through this realm seems wild. Like, yeah. It's breakneck. Or everything is just super small. Like this forest is Everything tiny. could be really small. Yeah. But it seems like we're like covering kingdoms in like a day or two of hiking. We sh- And we should note here, which I think is a cool detail. There's no horses. Everybody's walking. Right. And I think it's, it, it's kind of cool because all the horses died in the nuclear holocaust that happens. So right. So there's just yeah. no horses out there anymore. So yeah, we're all just walking... And yeah, kingdom. These kingdoms have to be pretty tiny. If you look at the okay, so there's a map, right? Mm-hmm. The time where they travel, where okay, so th- so when they get separated from Minion and they're traveling from the like Black Oaks to the Anar, mm-hmm. they get they get saved by a guy. And he takes like two, and they take like two days to get there. Mm-hmm. And then I think Minion takes a pretty similar amount of time. I think so. Yeah. If you like look at the map, that's like freaking like half of the distance <laughs> of the kingdom. Right, but it's a Mercator projection, Luke. So like it gets kind of mm. stretched as you get north or south, and okay, you know it's it, it's not really accurate to what's on the ground. <laughs> Right. This is yeah. Okay. They do say that some of these maps, right? Like Minion's map of a certain area wasn't super detailed. Mm-hmm. Maybe this map isn't either. Right. Right. And so, yeah, they just uh, it looks much bigger than it is on the map. Um, okay. Yeah. Also, the like the stride length of these mm. humanoid creatures that are all walking is very different, and I imagine. The tall wiz- the tall druid is the one setting the pace for a large part of this journey. And so I I bet a lot of these characters are like jogging most of the time. Yeah. Which I I guess you would cover a good amount of ground in that case. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you're huffing and puffing so you can't talk that's probably it you know what luke this actually makes quite a bit of sense they're all out so out of breath and meanwhile the druid who doesn't want to talk anyway is just like having a stroll <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough hmm i'm curious if the druid has any like magical bird friends who could just carry them to their destination you know Mm-hmm. He seems like the kind of character who would have some magical animal friends. Probably. I'm sure that there's some reason why they wouldn't. Mm. They would kind of like, you know, be more of a like technicality that's like, actually, no, this is why it all works. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Uh, in the meantime, next third of the book, uh, we're going to be taking next week off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you got two weeks to get the next third out of the way. We'll be back on June 9th Mm -hmm. with part two in Sword of Shannara. We'll bring the hot takes. And be the dumb nerds.